From a top secret network of highly secure locations across South Texas, this is the Spurs Insider Podcast, brought to you as always by Taco Palenque, where the best happy hour in San Antonio just got happier. Stop by any of the Taco Palenque locations Sunday through Thursday for ice-cold 550 margaritas, $3 domestics, $3 off ponchos, and $1 off ponchitos. Taco Palenque keeps San Antonio cool and well-fed, and is the best pre- or post-game meal for watching the Spurs. This edition of the Spurs Insider Podcast is hitting your earbuds, your podcast players, your devices of choice on opening day for your local cagers. I'm your host, Mike Finger, joined by our usual panel of Express News beat writers, Tom Orsborne and Jeff McDonald and sports editor Nick Talbot. After months of Wimby anticipation after years of rebuilding. It's all getting started tonight, fellas. Are we excited? Woohoo! Yay! Jeff's uh, always so excited for everything. Yes. It's going to be a big deal, though. I mean, after all of this, we've been writing about this guy for, for a long time now. We've been I mean, talking it, about what the Spurs are building towards. We're going to see it in action against the Dallas Mavericks tonight at Frost Bank Center. Um, I Jeff's sarcasm aside, it's going to be pretty cool. I think Jeff's sarcasm, Jeff's sarcasm aside, it's probably the most anticipated opening day for the Spurs since since when Duncan? I think like like people people like the ring nights along the way, I guess, but I I don't think the anticipation um compares to to Victor Wembanyama's first game. I, Maybe I think, ever since the Spurs' first game in San Antonio. Like, the the Duncan thing was big, but I don't think there was this air of just otherworldliness around Tim Duncan that we have around Victor Wimpanyama, where the entire league – I mean, you're, it's not just the Spurs Insider podcast. It's talking about Victor Wimpanyama. It's, it's not it, – it's, it's across the NBA, across the world, people are talking about this guy. And the the common theme is – the hype isn't too big. He might exceed it. And it's almost gotten too big, uh, but he hasn't let us down yet. Let's not, let's not tell our viewers and listeners. They can, they can hear about Victor Wimbanyama uh, other places. Let's, oh, let's let I them see. think this is, this is the, like the, we have the, the corner on that market. We are the only people in the entire basketball universe talking about Victor Wimbanyama. I so see, if you want to, if you want to talk and hear talk about, about uh, Victor Wimbanyama, you need to come to the Spurs Insider Podcast. That's that's okay. my that's my pitch. The the Robinson debut um, on November fourth, nineteen eighty nine, versus the Lakers was pretty pretty hyped up. Uh, it had a lot to do with the Lakers being in town too. But I'm looking here at Basketball Reference just just to see what Robinson and Duncan did on their opening. On their debut games, David had 23 points, 17 rebounds, one assist, one steal, and three blocks in an eight-point uh, Spurs victory. Over? Over the, the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, the Showtime Lakers. Keep up. No, I thought, you were, I thought you had switched to the Duncan Robinson. Uh, uh, <laughs> That's right. That's right. No, no, I, no. I'm explaining my mistake. You said the Duncan I, I, Robinson I, thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. Who was Duncan's uh, debut against? Uh, well, I'm going to find that here. Yeah, he de- he debuted in in Denver. 
Ah. I want to say he had about 16 points, if I'm not mistaken. That's that's kind of pulling that off my the top of my head. But David set the bar pretty high. That was a hell of a game. Willie Anderson had a career night, uh, if I remember correctly. The difference so with who, David is is the anticipation for David was even longer than Wimby because he had had his right. uh, he had had his year and two in, years uh, two years in in military service could have been longer negotiated okay. it down. On Halloween night, Halloween night, 1997, at Denver, in an 11-point Spurs victory, uh, Tim Duncan had 15 points, 10 rebounds, two assists, two blocks. Uh, He was 6 of 9 from the field in 35 minutes. So two pretty good debuts. He'll never amount to anything. Obviously, uh, Victor's going to be able to do it home where Tim did not. It, I, it's it's just going to be um, just through the roof in terms yeah. of atmosphere. I I don't know if that's a technical term, but um, it, it's it'll be the most it'll be the most we were talking about just earlier. We said the most highly anticipated debut, but it'll be the most electric Spurs game since when? Like it's been a few years Ooh, since yeah. that place has really been you know, rocking. I, I, in all honesty, the first time Kawhi Leonard came back to get booed. That's yeah. it. That's yeah. it. Yep. I, I think Pop's uh, landmark um, game where he became the all-time winningest coach against Utah, that that maybe didn't have it at the beginning, but at the end, that was an electric atmosphere. I think this will blow that out of the water. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. The, 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 the crowd at that game was, what, not great. Um, and that was during a period of time when – He'd been trying to win that for a while, and it was a bad team. Uh, it was a cool moment at the end. Again, and, and, I said at the Nick's, end, at the end, it was electric. The, at the end, that game will not approach what this game is at any point. At the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> and Nick's, Nick's uh, reference there to the Kawhi game is accurate, but that's a whole different energy. Of course. Like that was, it was a different that was vitriol. <laughs> <laughs> that was vitriol. I think that was one of my favorite names in that building. Yeah. In terms of people being excited, like, do we have to go back to, um, like, Manu blocking James Harden? (laughs) Yeah, Uh, like playoff games for sure. It would go back to the last time they were in the playoffs, and I don't even know. Not the 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 playoffs. playoffs. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I don't even know if those those count. I mean, people were into it, but. They they knew they didn't have a title contender on their hands. It, it, it It won't. It's going to be something else. Wednesday night at the at the at the frost, mm-hmm. going to be something else. We have seen we so far in this preseason, we've talked about several of Wemby's performances, uh, where we just run down the 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 plays for the blind, the visually impaired, uh, <laughs> describing them. There, there was a ninety second stretch in San Francisco last week. Um, Tom Orsborn was there covering it, where it was just like it, it just jaw dropping. Um, one play after the next, it was just laugh out loud after laugh out loud after laugh out loud. And I'm sure we'll see that again at some point Wednesday night against the Mavericks. But but Tom, I guess you can add to our routine, our ritual of just describing the otherworldly. Uh, moments that Victor Wimbanyama produced this time in San Francisco. Well, what what stood out there too was how much the Warrior fans enjoyed it. 
Yeah. Every no, arena no. that he's been in, it's the same uh, thing. It's just people can't help themselves, but go ahead. No, there was a lot of smiles and uh, it, it was fun for them as well. But, um, you know, so many plays in that stretch stood out, but that, that one drive along the baseline where he's, he's kind of leaning out of bounds and contorts his body inbounds to, to score off of uh, Clay Thompson and draw the foul, um, you know, that was pretty, I mean, that was, I mean, you, you run out of adjectives. It was just, it was crazy to see someone that big be that kind of acrobatic and uh, walk the tightrope like that and, uh, you know, score in that fashion. But, you know, the shot blocking uh, was incredible. Um, you know, just, just the guy is just something else. I mean, I know that sounds so trite, but he's just, he's just so much fun to watch. The one, people, say, uh, the one people talk about is, uh, or the one people are talking about, or you see the still, sometimes just looking at the still photos of some of these plays is amazing. Mm-hmm. But but the block of uh, of Andrew Wiggins in the corner in Gold, yeah. at Golden State, like that's the one a lot of people are talking about. And I don't know if this is true, but I, I read this. And I'm just going to say it's true. Somebody said that, like, according to traditional NBA tracking data, uh, Wiggins had a wide open three when he when he unleashed that, and it ends up getting swatted back into his face. Yeah, those based kind of on things. where the defenders' feet are. Yeah. Right, right, right. So those are kind of the, the kind yeah. of things that you just shake your head. I, I I liked what Zach Collins said this week. Like one, of, I think it might have been one of our uh, French reporter friends kind of asked uh, Zach if if they're getting if the team is getting used or is still surprised by some of the things that Victor's able to do. And Zach said, not really, you know, we've been practicing with them for so long and playing with them in open gyms and stuff, stuff. Um, he'll just do this. Zach says, he'll just do something completely amazing that you've never seen before. And then you look at him, you're like, yeah, that makes sense that, that he could do that. You know, we're, we're just used to that by now. I thought Jeff, that was as a, a um, as a veteran of what is it? 17 preseasons and regular seasons in a row on this. That's the rumor. That's the rumor. Um, what is the, adjustment what is the what is the the stepping up in competition level what what is what specifically are are you looking for for a rookie um to i guess handle in his first regular season game as opposed to the preseason is there is there going to be something specific you're looking for Wednesday night to see how does Wemby handle this? Could it be playing a fourth quarter and handling crunch time, something along those lines, or or what's what's the jump there? Yeah, you know, I, I guess that's one. Like, I mean, it's hard to say like that. There's something this guy can't do, or, or you're you're wondering if this because he's he's just met every test so far. But yeah, he hasn't played like a full NBA game yet because the preseason the limits are a little bit the minutes are a little bit limited. So maybe something like that. Um, if the game is tight, how does he handle that? the intensity of a regular season game, especially maybe an opening night sort of ratchets up a little bit from the preseason and from summer league, but this guy's played in big games before overseas. You know, he's not, he's not really been phased by anything he's come across at any level. Um, Maybe schematically Dallas might try to throw different looks at him, different things at him that, that maybe he hasn't seen in the preseason or, or attack him in ways that teams aren't going to really worry about in the preseason. So maybe you'll have to adjust to double teams coming from different places at different times, things like that. But I just, I mean, he's just passed every test so far. And it doesn't mean every game is going to look great and he's going to score 40 and just, you know, win every game. But I, I 
don't really him being overwhelmed by anything at any point of this journey. So uh, it's, it's just, it's just sort of more of the same, to be honest. Well, according to a photo by friend of the podcast, Brad Townsend, the Mavericks are uh, trying to prepare for, for the Wimby experience in terms of shot blocking, right? They are, they are, they're using the, uh, those, uh, the, like, they look like a uh, kayak pedals to, to, to uh, simulate Wimby's length and reach. I don't know if it's going to work though. I don't know if that's really a good uh, good simulation. A little aside, the Spurs were doing this to Wimby at one practice that we watched. Uh, they, they were using paddles against Wimby, and I'm like, who is going <laughs> to – who is that? Who is that? The second I game guess. of the season is against Boban, so he had to get ready for that. Maybe so. <laughs> um, sort of related to this, I've noticed watching throughout the preseason, um, you know, you, you see the highlight moments of his blocks and the amount of, of – floor space that he covers within an eye blink it seems like um i've noticed and i'm sure you guys have too opposing players missing layups rushing floaters where he's not even there but because they feel like he might be there and i wonder if that's going to be a dynamic in some of these games where the mavericks are thinking so much about his length that maybe they have open shots that they rush or that they alter just because of the thought of him lurking somewhere. Um, that seems I've, I've noticed that several times. I, I, I saw that in the in the Golden State games a couple times. I noticed it against Oklahoma City, but it seems like these guys have Wimby in their minds in a way that I don't think any rookie for sure, and not many players are in are in opposing players' minds. Am, am I imagining that? I don't think so. I think, you know, you look at Wimby and he's, you know, you look at what shot blocking has been in the NBA lately. You know? I mean, he could lead the leading blocks this year. I mean, they're hardly, when's the last great shot blocker we've truly had in this league that really changed the dynamic like you're talking about? Was that Olajuwon? Robinson? It's been a while since we've had a true great shot blocker in the NBA and, and someone who changed shots like that. Yeah. The Kimba. And, and the And the difference with him is he's not limited to in the paint or at the rim like he's right. gonna he's gonna he's gonna block two two three-pointers a game and that's I, what's you know, different we talk- about him is that with those all those classic shot blockers nick mentioned you see them in front of you whereas these guys are worried about him coming from behind them as they're driving it's a whole different feel i think um we'll see how the league adjusts go ahead jeff right we talked earlier about what does wimby need to adjust to when, once the bright lights go i think it's the bigger adjustment is the rest of the league adjusting to him. Like we've never seen anything like this in our entire, none of these players playing against these, this guy have ever seen anything like this. And we keep going back to that phrase, but it's true. And Jonathan uh, Kuminga had that shot uh, on Friday night, moonshot, I called it rainbow shot, whatever you want to call it, but he went way, way up. What, what a high arcing shot. You know, we'll, we'll probably see some of that as well. Yeah, we we probably will. It's there's there's all kinds of things to talk about and in in this league, and two people who are talking about more than just Wimby, but I'm sure Wimby will be part of it. Are New York Times bestselling author Shea Serrano and Emmy winner Jason Concepcion, aka Network. They're back together again. This time, aiming their high powered microscope at the NBA. In their new weekly podcast, Six Trophies, Jason and Shea cover the biggest storylines in the league by handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities 
Things like the Ryan Gosling and Drive Trophy, which is given out to a player or team that did something incredibly cool that week. Or the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy, which is given out to a player or team that tried something, but it didn't work out that great for them. Or the Walter White Tread Lightly Trophy, which is given out to a player or team approaching dicey territory. Kick back as Jason and Shay recap the top happenings from around the NBA through their lens of movies, music, and more. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Six Trophies ad-free right now on Wondery Plus. And I will say that uh, I've, I've seen, have you seen that there's been clips posted on Twitter of, of these guys doing this podcast? Their backgrounds uh, are, are far superior. to. We don't have backgrounds. But like Shay's got all his videos in his background and Jason's got all kinds of like comic books. And I, I just feel like that's where we could improve if we ever get back to to talking to viewers. We need to we need to think about backgrounds. Yeah. Uh, when are we going to return to the studio? I think I think people want to see your, your your smiling face. Well, see, that's the downside. I, I'm thinking more about backgrounds, not the foregrounds of having to look at us in the eyes. But anyway, we're, we're beautiful. If different. If you want a different kind of change of pace, as opposed to listening to four dorks talk about basketball with no visuals, like that's that's your change of pace. Go go watch Jason and Shay talk about uh, basketball with cool stuff to look at. And, Are we changing the name of this podcast now? I want to get uh, Brian. Yeah, six six trophies. They can be six trophies, and we'll be four dorks. There you go. I want to get Brian Cranston on the show so we can have a tread lightly face off uh, between him and you, Mike. Well, I'll tell you what, if we don't do it, uh, if we don't do it uh, in the studio, if we just do it the way we're doing it, we can just say we have Brian Cranston. No one will yeah, know. That's right. That's right. He, he, my, he probably my, wouldn't uh, sue us. Yeah. Does he know any I lawyers? Know I have much, I don't even know if I have much beyond that short little impression. Uh, I'm no rich little. For the kids out there, I know that everybody, oh. all the younger younger listeners are into Rich Little. Uh, yeah. Not quite as good as he is. Yeah. Um, there's other things to talk about this team. Yes. Rich Little. Check out Rich Little on TikTok. Uh, if you don't know him, ask your kids. They know all about Rich Little. But there's other things to talk about with your local cagers than Victor Wimbanyama, including uh, Jeff Obliquely referenced one of the uh, other cagers and some news earlier in this podcast, Zach Collins is now going to be a local cager for a while. Uh, there were some options picked up on Jeremy Sohan and Malachi Branham and supposedly on the bubble, Blake Wesley. They all have the, had their third year options picked up. Uh, overall, it's just one thing that sticks out to me is the players on this team who are signed beyond this year are all guys – are all the guys that they'd want to have signed beyond this year, if that makes sense. You know, on some teams you're, you're saddled with these contracts that you don't want. The Spurs are in this position where, um, you know, they have what eight, they have the right to the rights to 10 guys beyond the season. And I think those are all guys that they feel like are part of their future. So uh, Jeff, just your, your take on the, first of all, the Collins news and just the state of, of this rebuilding team. Well, just talking about Zach Collins individually and personally, just what a, what a great story. You know, this was a guy that in, 
the summer of 2021, basically didn't have a job. You know, it, it, it kind of sucks to have your third ankle surgery on the same ankle at the same time that you are uh, a free agent. Like that's, that, that's going to uh, suppress your market, I think. And so there were, there was a time there where Zach said, you know, he didn't really know what the future held from him in the NBA. He felt like he could get back on the floor. He felt like he could, he could, um, you know, get his career back on track because he, he really just hadn't had much of a chance to be on the floor healthy for any of it at that point, but he needed an opportunity and Portland really didn't have a whole lot of interest in bringing him back. And he obvious for obvious reasons, because he was in a hospital bed, basically um, he wasn't getting a lot of other interest around the league at that point, but the Spurs were in a situation where they, they had already committed to rebuilding. That was the summer they traded DeMar. Um, they kind of had, you know, they kind of had, they, they could afford to, to take a little bit of a risk and to maybe get a guy that maybe is lottery talent for a uh, less than lottery price tag. And they, so they signed him for three and 22 that summer. And even that was, uh, it wasn't, a, the 22 wasn't guaranteed. Like if he had not worked out, they could have cut him this summer for, or uh, yeah, this summer for not, not that much money. Um, but he got back on the floor, you know, it took him six months. He didn't make his debut until February of his first season with the Spurs, but it, he got back on the floor, proved he was healthy, showed what he could do. Um, kind of is the perfect guy to play next to Victor Wimbanyama, which obviously the Spurs didn't know at the time that they signed him, but, um, he turned out to be that guy. He's the starter. And, and now he's, he's locked up for three more years. And it's just a good story of, of perseverance and, um, you know, sticking with it and, 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 and a deal working out for both, for both teams, a gamble working out for both sides. So um, good for him. And then as team team wise, as you mentioned, he was kind of the last piece of the puzzle. They've, they've got their starting unit, all locked up through at least 25, 26, I think. And uh, a lot of those bench guys too, a lot of those uh, second year guys, the, the options that you mentioned. So they've got the kind of the found uh, the, 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 well, Victor's the foundation, but they've got the other pieces around that foundation sort of in place for a while where they can all grow together. It's not going to be a thing where it's musical chairs anymore. And there's guys in and, in and out off the roster, you know, in and out, you know, shuffling through the roster. There's not gonna be a lot of roster churn. Um, coming up. They'll have some draft picks. They will, they'll have some ways to add other free agents, but they've kind of got the people in place around Victor that they want to move forward with. So I think everyone's real comfortable uh, about that. I want to give some credit where credit is due. One of the early champions of Zach Collins in San Antonio, the, the, one, of the, one of the guys who was going against the flow, against the, the, the popular perception of Zach Collins is just this guy washed up lottery guy that was our own tom orsborne who was who was fighting for him behind the scenes <laughs> all along saying this guy i think he might actually be able to play uh and now uh and now i guess the Spurs Mike, I, have proven they agree i would i witnessed firsthand how hard he worked at practice um uh -huh. you know every 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 practice we were at and there he was again uh jeff can attest to this on on sunday night late into the evening the last guy off the floor uh, after practice. Uh, so, yeah, it's just it was just apparent he was driven, and uh, you could see last year though. Seriously, you could see last year after the trade that sent Jakob Purtle to Toronto. Yeah, he just came into his own, uh, played really well, just just kept coming on, and 
yeah, it was just just a no brainer. Guys, guys, really playing well. I mean, he's going to be your leading. Re- he's going to be your leading rebounder on a team that features a seven three guy. And yeah. and yeah, that says a little bit about the seven three guy. But but Collins is going to be your best rebounder. He's going to him and Sohan are going to be sort of the antagonizers. Is it that's the word antagonists? Um, do, doing the dirty work kind of stuff on on defense and kind of getting on, on under other teams' skins. Um, he's starting to stretch. Zach is starting to stretch the floor with his three point shot. And so all those things are kind of what you want as a, as a sidekick to Victor Wimbanyama, who's not going to play a whole lot of five right now. You need someone to man that position. And, and Zach's, Zach's the guy for the next couple of years. Along those lines, uh, something that we discussed on previous preseason podcasts was the possible emergence of the big starting lineup. Now it looks like, I can't remember if, if we knew for sure last week, if that was going to be permanent, but now it clearly uh, is going to be the default starting lineup leading into the regular season. Um, preseason stat-wise, which I don't think matters a whole lot, uh, but the advanced analytics, the the on-off numbers say that that was that group of five with Jeremy Sohan at the point, um, Devin Vassell at the two, uh, Keldon Johnson, Victor Wimbanyama, and Zach Collins. That was the that was, that was the best five man unit in the league, uh, preseason wise. See how long it lasts. But what what are early reviews of how that's looked? I th- I think as long as they keep playing defense the the way they have been, which is which is an if. Um, I think it can work. You don't necessarily need a point guard if you're not because. If you're playing defense, you're getting stops. You're able to get out and run. It doesn't in that situation. It's not really mattering who's bringing the ball up because you're out and running in transition. Um, I think that's where it can work. I think the, where they might run into problems is when teams when they have to keep taking the ball out of the net, dribble it up, and try to operate against a set defense. That's where I think you're going to miss miss a miss a a, a a true point guard. So as long as they keep it, and they defended great that unit in the in the preseason. So as long as they continue to do that, I don't think you'll miss you know the the little Avery Johnson type running around out there. But when you do get in a situation um, where teams are making you work for points, I'd be interested to see how or you're going to like pressure the ball full court or trap. Like I'd like to see how a, a non point guard lineup handles that sort of thing. But they haven't seen it yet because they played that unit has played such good defense. Most of the time they're not operating against a set defensive, a set defense. One of the uh, fun things of that golden state game was seeing uh, Wimby and Sohan out on the perimeter pestering uh, Steph Curry. Um, Just, just to see that kind of size thrown at you. So unconventional. And uh, you know, that's just uh, like we were talking about teams adjusting to Wimby. That's, that's one of the big adjustments, just the, where you can play them so much on the court, different spots, different situations. Uh, it's going to be really interesting. Last thing before we wind down. In quick our... plug, though. Quick plug, Mike. I just want to say that our newest friend of the podcast, Rich Little, is still performing at age 84. At the, wow. At the Laugh-Laugh Club at the Tropicana in Vegas. How about that? Check That's... that out if you're in, if you're I in Vegas. I thought he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. Glad he isn't. He was. He's. He was a great. He's. A, he is a great entertainer. That, that should have. That should be on the poster. You know, Rich Little. I thought he was dead. Yeah. 
<laughs> One other plug before we wind down. Jeff has mentioned this on his social media accounts, but the big Express News preview of the season was in the newspaper, the Dead Tree edition on Sunday. Uh, you can still track that down. You should pick it up. If you can't, you can subscribe to the Express News. There's great deals online. Sign up for the Express News Spurs Nation newsletter. That'll that'll help you out if you're into the local cagers. But in that preview section on Sunday, the blowhard local columnist made a series of predictions about the season that I wanted to get the panel's opinion on. He's a moron. Uh, among he's a moron. But among them, um, I I believe he the the Vegas set Vegas sets the Spurs over under on wins this year. I think at twenty nine and a half. Uh, the blowhard local columnist said 35, which would represent, by the way, a 13 victory increase over last season. That's no, that's that's nothing to to sneeze at, to sniff at, to to scoff at. Um, but the, it, it, I, I wanted to get your opinion on that. Uh, I think the 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 blowhard predicted that Keldon Johnson would be um, switched to the Manu Ginobili role at some point in either what I think it was late November. Uh, when Greg Popovich makes his annual inevitable lineup change, um, there was uh, what else was on on that list? Wimby missing his first game of the season at Indiana, like November sixth, the second night of a back to back. He ends up playing, according to the blowhard, sixty five games this season, winning Rookie of the Year. Um, anyway, your your reaction to any and all of that, or or make some predictions of your own here in the I, last. I got a prediction. Podcast. Go ahead. I got a prediction. Uh, Wimby's going to go undefeated on jump balls. I don't know. I could see somebody sneaking and sneaking up and grabbing one. Uh, it's it's a, it's a bold prediction, but I think he's going to go undefeated. I think there's one that they've lost already with him. There was. Yes, so that's a really bold position. He, he, yeah, I, I I think I think he's getting I think he's getting it down. Okay, but anyway, what what's your reaction to all those numbers and and the and I, and by the make any predictions of your own that I take I take the over I take the over on Vegas wins. Would you say 29 and a half? I think I take the over. I think I might take the under on yours. I don't know. I think under 35. So I'm saying between 30 and 35. Okay. I didn't like, I didn't like the Doug McDermott trade prediction. Uh, Well, I think I said buyout. Uh, Buyout. I didn't like it. Didn't like it. Don't want to lose him. Good guy. Uh, Well, the thing is, if they're not in the playoff race, they do that for the veterans. He's a a free agent. I I know, Mike. I know. Being selfish. We're allowed to be selfish and ask for things for ourselves. Okay, How about go ahead. Devin as the most improved player? Is that is he? Does he fall into that category? I said I said he'd be runner up in that voting. He wouldn't win. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say he will get it. He will get. It. I'm going to go out it. on a limb and say he'll get it. Yeah. Okay. Well, the thing is, if you have the rookie of the year and the most improved player, <laughs> uh, and I realize this could happen. But then you're also like 13th in the West. That just seems kind of odd. That just shows you how stacked the West is. Because I think all three of those things are plausible. That they could have the rookie of the year, the most improved player in the league, and still win 35 games and finish 12th, 13th, 14th in the West. Um, but we'll see. Anything else? How many, how, how many games before somebody wants to punch Jeremy Sohan? One. Tomorrow? Um, <laughs> or yeah. Wednesday? Tomorrow against Dallas. The opener? Yeah. 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 In the opener. And Zach yes. Collins, too. Throw them both in there. Someone's going to want to punch them both, which is it's good to have them attempt. 
As far as the, uh, I'll take the over two. I think the biggest thing about them getting to thirty-five, I think they could have probably got more wins last year. Uh, it's gonna, it's gonna be health in the trade deadline if they trade Doug and you know a couple other of these veterans, uh, Seti, and see if they get to thirty-five. You know, they trade those guys. Maybe you, you, they, they drop a couple games because it's nice to have those veterans on the team to try and get some wins down the stretch. I think that'll be the, whether or not they hit that thirty-five mark. But I'll definitely take the over on twenty-nine and a half. I think that's an easy over. Which how long before they? they uh, but how many how many how many weeks before they sign Gorgie Jang? That was just kind of a, a nod to their love of Gorgie. That's probably not going to happen. But they signed. How many I, times did they sign him last year? Uh, I think the number is forty-seven. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think. Uh, I think. I think. Right. I think. I think. Brian Wright. Yeah, he was. I think last season, Brian Wright just routinely, routinely woke up in the morning and was like, did we sign Gorgie today? We didn't? Okay, get him on the phone. Yeah. Uh, because they trade Doug, they'll, they'll bring him back. Get that exactly. Okay. Well, it's it's you're listening to this probably on opening day. Go out and enjoy it. Have a good time. And until next time, take care of each other and keep it real. <laughs> <laughs>